Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're talking about five areas you must reject your passivity. By the way, thank you so much for your prayers for Angie and baby. Uh, we are feeling them. Angie is doing well, so we really appreciate that. But we're giving her some rest, so I'm here today speaking to everyone about these areas of passivity. And you know what? In the title, it assumes that you are passive in certain areas. And some of you are like, I'm not sure if I'm passive. Or maybe you're like, I am passive. Or, you know, let's see. Let's see if I'm passive in these areas. And it's a little bit of a challenge in your mind. Um, I know that in periods of time in my life, especially as a, as a man, I believe, I would have really challenged somebody saying, Isaac, you're passive in some areas of your life. That would not have felt good until I really realized, and I'm older now, and I, I, I understand the Bible better, that we are all passive at times. Passivity seeps in and it shows up in places. Just ask yourself, have you ever been in a situation where you're talking to someone or you're around and you're just listening and later you're like, wow, I really should have said this or wow, I really should have taken this action or that action. And a lot of times the reason we didn't is because of inner passivity. We're concerned of what somebody thinks and we don't do what's best because of fear of what someone else thinks people pleasing and things like that. We all have elements of that. And sometimes you have more time to reflect and you can think more clearly about what to say. And you're not as fast on your feet as you might like. I can admit to that at times, but really I want you to think honestly from a parenting perspective, this is courageous parenting from a parenting perspective about these five areas and that you must reject passivity in. And even if you're doing well in them, I challenge you to keep listening and look for the areas where you could improve. We don't do podcast episodes just so that everybody can hear how awesome they are and there's nothing to improve. You know that. We do this first because we've lived out and experienced the challenges of passivity in our own lives. And we want to really affirm how important it is not to be passive in your parenting in these areas. It is so important. I recently posted on Instagram, if your parenting decisions align with culture, then the culture has likely already won the hearts of your kids. And you might be thinking, well, I put my kids in private Christian school and I do this and that and the other thing. And you, we sometimes automatically go on the defensive of all the things we're doing in comparison to other people we know. And I, I just, let's not compare to people. Let's compare to what's best. You know, is there more of what's best for us in our parenting? And the answer is yes. Obviously, if you're listening to this, then you agree. Yes, there is more. And there's more for me and more for Angie uh, to say yes to in our parenting. We're not perfect parents either. In fact, they're, they don't exist. They just don't exist. You have your kids, imperfect people, and then you, your imperfect people, all living together and when kids are young, the Bible even says that they are foolish, right? So you have imperfect and foolish people with you being imperfect. And frankly, sometimes we're foolish too. 
So you have that situation and we are doing our best to equip confident Christian kids in an uncertain world and for the uncertain world they're going to launch into, which is even different than today, right? So let's define passivity. Acceptance of what happens without active response or resistance. How often do we just accept what happens? You might have heard the term, you need to pick your battles. While there is some truth to that, I think we need to pick more battles than we usually do. Too many kids are leaving the homes, Christian homes, saying they believe in God, going to church with their families, and then walking away. Why is that? I think that we need to pick more battles. I think it is important, and we have to change something. Anytime you have a certain result happening across a massive number of people or situations, then what do you have to do? You have to change something. If you want different outcome, you have to change something in the system. So how is your parenting system going to be a lot different than the normal Christian parenting system out there? That's how you think. That's how I've always thought Angie thinks. It's like, okay, we want this certain fruit to launch from our home. And obviously we can't save our kids. Only God does that. But you get to disciple your kids, train them up in the Lord. And we're called to do that. Okay. So first of all, before we go into these five points, thank you so much for being part of the 1 million legacy movement. There's a lot of ways you are. Uh, if you donate, if you purchase products at CourageousMom.com, CourageousParenting.com, that is a huge support as we're in full-time ministry, and it really helps us to be able to be creative and get the message out to more people and to spend more time really preparing for podcasts and all of the work that goes into things, paying people and all the software we pay for and all the different things that go into ministry. And we're looking for more ways to expand the message out there as we go. So we appreciate that. It might be because you share on social media. It might be because on iTunes you write a written testi uh, testimonial or a comment, or you give five-star reviews on iTunes or elsewhere. We really appreciate it, and we read everything and encourages us and prompts us to continue. Maybe it's you sharing with your church that small groups can go through the Parenting Mentor Program or sharing the homeschool blueprint course to people thinking about homeschooling or whatever it is, or you know a mom that's in postpartum, and we have a Christian postpartum course. Now, why do I promote things and say things? Why couldn't we just have free content out to you without me having to promote these things. Well, it's literally because that's how we're able to do this. We couldn't put all the effort in unless people were buying things and sharing things and expanding it and so forth. Now, what's our heart's desire? Our heart's desire is that more parents would be equipped so that their kids would launch believing with purpose for the gospel to glorify the Father and their legacies would be forever changed and impacted. One million parents, families, one million families and their legacies. That's the vision. And so you're along this with us and we appreciate it. Okay, so here's the five areas and then I'm gonna go into them briefly. We literally could do a whole podcast on each of these areas and if you want that, you should let us know and share that with us. But I'm going to go quickly because we want to keep this quick. Education is where you do not want to be passive regarding the education of your children. Purity, you don't want to be passive about that. Peers, family, spiritual, and experiences. Oh, there's six. 
not five areas. It's six areas. You must reject your passivity. Okay. So we're going to rapid fire through this, share some scripture and have a good time. Okay. So education, obviously everybody understands there is an education battle right now. Critical race theory is happening. It's just getting worse. Gender issues, the sharing of bathrooms amongst genders, all kinds of problems out there. I don't need to re-educate on those things. I think everybody knows. But the question is, where might you be passive about education? Regardless of where your kids get education, if you're not homeschooling, you still need to be homeschooling. Meaning, you need to keep in front as the most important teacher in their lives. And so if you are sending them somewhere, you need to be teaching them while they're at home as well and be praying about that. If you want direction on that, we do have the homeschool blueprint with all the resources we recommend and used and knowledge and training to equip you to thrive as educating your kids, not in just a certain direction, but whatever direction you take them in your home education. I used to call it, and I still do, we don't homeschool our kids. We give curated education. Now we do homeschool, but it really is a curated education based on who they are, based on their aptitudes. Some things go across the board to all kids. Sometimes the, we do classical conversations. Uh, we've done that. We've done lots of things to help with the curated education, the homeschooling, but we believed early on, and you might've heard this story before, but I'm going to share it real quick. We, with our oldest, put our daughter in first grade. It was the best private Christian school in the area, and the teachers and faculty were tremendous. Still Facebook friends uh, with Kelsey's teacher today. She's an amazing woman. And we put them in, and we couldn't believe. I would pick Kelsey up often uh, driving home, and I couldn't believe the conversations during recess that the girls were having at that time, crushes on boys and, uh, you know, picking the, the girl to leave out of everything and make feel sad for the week. And all of these things, the bullying and things like that, we just realized, you know what, no matter how good the school is, we can't control or influence the parenting of the people of the kids in the school. And while we believe our kids should be lights in the world, we believe that should be done at a certain age and certain maturity and after lots of salt has been poured into them so they can be salty and stand on their own two feet when their parents aren't around. So we really believe education is important to think about uh, in, a, in a very, very big way. Let's look at uh, what Genesis says about passivity, though. In Genesis 3, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree, any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So God was very, very clear here. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and so forth, right? And later, a little bit later in uh, 3.11, he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman 
whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Okay, so the reason I read that is because that is when the first sign of passivity shows up in human beings in the Bible, and it caused a disaster for everybody after this. Uh, it caused disaster. It, it caused a major problem. And what was happening here is passivity. And I really don't like it. And we can have a difference of opinion, but I really don't like it when people just blame, when someone's doctrine is that they blame the woman for this only because the man was right there. Adam was right there watching this and he ate. He was not leading. He was totally passive. And then he blamed it on her. And then she blamed it on the enemy. And then God punished the enemy, him and her. Okay, so passivity started here and it has never stopped. And so if you don't believe you're passive in some nature, you're not on guard with yourself to the level you need to be to really be a courageous parent and equip your kids to be confident Christians launching into this world. You really might be missing something if you believe you're not passive in any of these areas or other areas, if you're not passive at all, okay? And the first one was education, right, of the six areas uh, which we're talking about. You know, in Deuteronomy, we've said this scripture before, but it's just so good. And regardless of where you put your kids, right, you are in charge of their education. You are the principal that matters most. Okay. So Deuteronomy eleven nineteen actually starts in 18. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them. Here's a legacy vision, and here's how to have a good legacy, which is you educate your kids on spiritual things. But you know what? This is talking about spiritual things, but you can't separate the way the world is today. You need to teach spiritual things, but you need to teach spiritual things in context of education. You need to teach education in context of spiritual things. You need to teach what's happening in the world in context of a biblical worldview. You need to teach, it's, it's, a, it's a woven thing together, which is super important. And if you're wondering how to educate your kids, even if you're putting them in uh, school, charter school, something like that, public school, any of these options, you can still get a resource list with the homeschool blueprint. So we put a, a massive resource list in there and a lot of good resources. You can get that at CourageousParenting.com and all the show notes and free stuff too there. Okay, the second one is purity of the six areas you want to reject passivity. This needs to be woven throughout your parenting. It's not like you just talk to, you talk to your kids about sex when they turn a certain age. You really needs to be at a young age. You know, there's books and things that start to teach them about the difference between men and women's bodies, boys and girls' bodies. It starts to teach them about these things. There's gradual conversation that starts early and moves into their older years. It shouldn't be this jolting conversation all of a sudden happens when they're eight or nine. And by the way, most kids are getting exposed to pornography starting around age eight, nine, uh, stats show. It's crazy, the stats on how many people are addicted to pornography out there. It is just a travesty. Probably stats have gone up since the pandemic happened. 
people being alone, alone, home all the time, things like that. So I would encourage you to not be passive in this area, not be passive about gender. The Bible says there is male and female. Let's follow the Bible, people. Let's equip our kids for what is true and what the Bible says about it. Purity is so important. Obviously, this could be, in fact, this is a, an hour-long crafted session with uh, parenting packet and tons of scriptures in the parenting mentor program. It's that important. No matter what age your kids are, this topic is important. It's in there for all age levels there. And in Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly. Key word, earthly. So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So if the spirit's not in somebody, then they tend to gravitate towards the earthly, sometimes said worldly. So right here, it's in scripture. We can't obey two masters, right? The Bible says. So we need to be obeying God and not gravitating towards the earthly. So we need to be an example in that. But we also need to teach what the Bible says about these things. It's super important. Now, a little bit later, Colossians 3, 8, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Okay, so that's talking about swearing right there. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We need to teach this. Do your kids know where, and purity isn't just about sex, it's about mind, soul. We talk all about this, right, in the parenting program. You need to realize that your kids probably don't know where in the Bible it says swearing is bad. And if you don't, you might be raising them up in more of a religious household because they don't know where in the Bible it says that. It's just your word. They need to know. There's many places. There's one of them. Obscene talk from your mouth. When there's obscene talk coming from someone's mouth, it means there's a lack of purity of heart. It means they're not walking as strong with God or at all, right? And so when your kids understand this, then when they're around other kids swearing or obscene talk, that is a cue that there's a difference in this person that they need to be wary of, that they may not be as trustworthy of of a confidant. It's important, okay? So you need to teach your kids about purity. You need to reject passivity in this category. Purity of mind, heart, soul, uh, obviously sex, and all of that, okay? Peers is the third one. Wow. So many parents believe their kids' Christian friends are just good because they're in Christian homes. It is very, very important that you look at the parents of the kids your kids are hanging out with and go, are they parenting their kids diligently? Are they in love with the Lord or they just go to church as a family on Sunday and that's about it? Is there fruit in the parents' lives and is there fruit showing up in the kids' lives? The kids don't have to be perfect. No kids are. Nobody's perfect. But is there fruit? Can you see the Spirit of God? You know, you want to know who your kids are hanging out with. Where might you be passive? Where might you drop your kids off and you only hear a little bit about but maybe not enough about? who they're spending time with. It is important. And 
you don't have to be a controlling parent when you have lots of communication with your kids to do these things. Not at all. I would say we're not controlling parents, but since our kids were young, we've raised our kids to have really good open communication with us. So therefore we know what's happening. And when we talk about when something's good or bad, they've usually already thought that in their own hearts and minds because they've been trained on who to spend time with and who's not is good to spend time with and who, you know, how to be a light, but you know, people you're being a light to, you're not going to trust at the same level of deep friendship necessarily, uh, because you only want to do that with people that have fruit in their lives and you want to love on people who may not. So they come to know the Lord. There's differences in those things, right? Super important peers. Are you passive in regards to who your kids are peers with? If you have little kids, this is good prep for you for the future. And remember, if you have little kids right now, who you are spending time with, their kids are likely to be your friend's kids. So if you really like them, you better make sure their parent, there's parenting alignment at some form or fashion because how they parent will produce a certain fruit and your kids will grow heart ties in friendship to those kids. And so you sometimes have to shift who you're spending time with just if you're aware of their kids not being the greatest friends for your kids long term. That's something to think about. This is tough stuff. This is courageous parenting. You have to think about these things. And you can help your friends. You can talk about it. And if there's receptiveness, wonderful. Iron sharpens iron with each other as you're parenting. It's beautiful. But if there isn't resistance to raise kids biblically, that might tell you something about the long term, which might change the short term. Okay? First Peter 5, 8 says, it says, here we go, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So why do I say that on the peers topic? Because we're also about to go into the family topic next, extended family. It's really important. The enemy is crafty. He will work through people and they don't even realize the enemy is working through them. And they're Christians and they're good. And so you have to be careful about the people that are around your kids and how much weight they have in their lives. You know, it's really important to pay attention to this. Are you being passive in any areas? Because you don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want to hurt relationships. You don't want to, you're scared to speak some truth. You know in your gut, you're being prompted by spirit to speak to somebody and you just overlook it and you go, well, it'll all be okay. Okay. Well, it's not all okay for most Christian families. All right. Uh, Later on in life. And it has to do with the accumulation of small decisions that are right made over time, equal better success and better fruitfulness and the accumulation of small bad decisions or lack of inaction, passivity over time can reach accumulated disaster. Unfortunately, we need to be vigilant. That is important. Okay. Family. Let's talk about family. This is the fourth area you must reject passivity in. And this is your extended family. This is, you know, potentially aunts, uncles, cousins, friends of the family. Even you could close friends of the family to, you know, grandparents even, or anybody that's family. So the first thing that's really important, let's say you have, uh, you've been feeling this for a while that there's something you don't like when the kids are over at someone's house 
and it's just different than what you're trying to do. And uh, maybe the TV's on all the time, or maybe, you know, somebody's swearing, or maybe somebody's not the best example in a certain way, or maybe there's just a lack of protection over kids because they're far removed from having their own kids or whatever the case may be. Just make sure there's good communication, good communication. Don't be afraid to communicate how you are raising your kids. How you want to raise your kids is honorable. It's biblical. It's wonderful. And I'm willing to bet your family and you all want the same outcomes. And so you have to find that common ground together. Start with common ground. What are the outcomes we want? And talk about the reality of what's happening and how you were parented even is different and it, it, to what's needed today with the way the world's changed, okay? So that's important stuff to find common ground, have lots of good communication. Don't be afraid of that. Pray before you do it. Don't have a strict agenda and read off something. Speak from the heart, appreciate, share the positives about their influence, but then go into some places where you see some improvement and ask for permission to speak in those areas and they'll want to hear it, although it might be hard. And I found that those things are good. Sometimes they're challenging in the moment in short term, but long term they're good and they usually bring you closer together with your family. But if you neglect to speak about things that matter and they're harming your kids and it'll just get worse and you'll have marriage conversation after marriage conversation after marriage conversation. It'll become consuming in your marriage conversations. It'll hurt your marriage. And it just gets worse and worse in all kinds of ways. So you want to be courageous. You want to reject passivity and communicating in love about things that matter. Okay? There also should be no secret knowledge. Nobody should be building a relationship with your kids. No youth pastor, pastor, no family member should be building a relationship with your kids to where there's secret knowledge between them and your kids. It could be innocent secret knowledge. It could be just your kids confiding in somebody else about something they have not confided in you. But that person should not not tell you about it. That should be a cue that maybe you're not creating the kind of relationship with your kids that you want where they feel free to share anything with you. Hey, I, I'm not perfect in this. I know Angie would say she's not perfect in this. We're working at this. We're aware of this. We're vigilant. We think about these things. Are we being passive about this? No, we can't be passive. We have to reject passivity, right? It's super important. And then the next one is spiritual. Reject passivity in terms of the spiritual well-being and discipleship of your kids. And you're like, Isaac, that's a no-brainer. Would you just teach me the practicals on it? You know, what do you do during Bible time and what do you do in these different things? I think I've spoken on that in several podcasts in past. I know I go at length on it in the sixth session in the parenting mentor program. By the way, I'm just going to skip inserting the commercial in this since I've talked about it already, but it starts July 8th, the parenting mentor program. It's self-paced. You can always have access. It's relevant to parenting all aged kids. You have your own private dashboard, six parenting packets. You can turn into a binder and download them. You always have that. You have the six sessions and then you have three live sessions. It's over 10 hours of curriculum and it's spaced out so that it's not overwhelming at first. And we go over uh, in session one, theology, then the heart, purity, 
obedience, discipleship, and this, the final one's called courage, but it's really about equipping the hard conversations to have with your kids, and, and there's lots of resource lists and all kinds of things, tons of scripture. In the first session, actually, there's 37 scriptures, for example, the theology session, which has tons of practical information in that session too. So anyways, I feel confident in sharing this. Yeah, do we financially benefit from it? Yes, it helps us do the ministry. But now that it's been over two years and over a thousand couples have gone through it and many single moms, single parents too, I think a single dad also went through it and many single moms are raving about it. God did something with this thing and we're praising God and we were obedient to him. And I encourage you to, to check that out at CourageousParenting.com. Spiritual. Uh, so I can't go into all the aspects of this, but don't take that passive. And you know what? God will reveal to you what to do. He made you, if I'm taking, speaking to the husbands right now, the leader of your homes on purpose. And the wives, he made you, the moms, on purpose. Also leaders, very vital leaders in the home. It's incredible. You and your husband, a team equal in value, different roles, a team spiritually leading and discerning what's happening with your kids and having conversations together to what's next. What does this kid need next from us from a spiritual perspective? What does the family need from a spiritual perspective? Wives telling husbands while they're gone at work, what do the family need? And he comes home and he pulls up some scripture. And if he doesn't know where it is, he just Googles it. And he pulls up scripture and he shares it with the family before bed. He does family devotion in the morning. Uh, I've never used devotionals myself. They're foreign to me. People have given them to me, and I just, for some reason, it was just never useful for me. Everybody has different personalities and things like that. Never done a devotional. But I do read the Bible, and I wrestle with Scripture, and I, you know, give messages to my family and kids, and I just, you know, I just feel it's important to do that. I'm sure devotionals are great, and if that helps you, use them, okay? But, uh, Ephesians 6, 4 is important. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I shared that one because it can be so easy for fathers to provoke their children to anger, actually. And it can be so easy to forget to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So two things, discipline and instruction of the Lord. To be disciplined about proactively learning about God and instruction of the Lord. So super, super important. Are there spiritual disciplines to do? Absolutely. Are you teaching your kids the spiritual disciplines of you know reading the word and prayer and you know, going to church and being part of running the race with other believers and all of those things, right? So, But let's not provoke our kids to anger. Let's be patient, long-suffering with our kids, realizing their capacity is lower, their life experience is smaller. They can't handle as much as you can, and you get impatient because you think they should subconsciously. And then you get angry at them. Remember where your kids are at and where you're at. A far different place in life experience and biblical knowledge. And even if you don't think you have much biblical knowledge, it's probably far more than your kids, right? So lead spiritually. And do not over-delegate that to youth pastors and pastors and so forth, which I love pastors and church and the bride of Christ, right? But you're the pastor of your family, the most important one. And the other people are extra and added and positive. That's uh, good. Okay. And the final thing is experiences. Wow. We got through a lot. Experiences, you know, so often, especially as dads, we can put off something we really desire in our hearts to do with our kids. I know that. I've lived that. 
But I've also lived rejecting passivity in this area and all these areas. I've been passive in all these areas and I've rejected passivity in all these areas. And I've learned to consistently reject passivity in all six of these areas. And Angie has too. doesn't mean we're perfect. We fall into it sometimes. Sometimes I don't read the Bible to my family just because there's a lot of commotion going on and I don't, it doesn't feel like people want to listen. It doesn't feel like it's a good time. It doesn't feel like I'll do well doing it. Yeah, reject your feelings. You need to reject your feelings anytime a father reads the Bible, no matter how he does it. You could stutter every other word, and it's going to be so powerful because it's the living, it's the living word. And father's doing it, and mother's doing it. It's the living word. It's powerful when mom does it. It's incredible. More powerful than an eloquent speech by a pastor. Don't compare to them. Wow, all the live streaming. You could live stream the best most eloquent preacher possible, and the husband could be secretly feeling inferior, walking in shame because he knows he should be the spiritual leader, but I can never be as good as him. Wow. Well, you don't have to be as good as him in the way you talk about things. You're automatically better because your father, your dad. You're automatically better because your mom, your mother. You're automatically better because you have more influence because your mom. You're the God-ordained influence of your kids. Back on experiences here, okay? So experiences, build things with your kids. Do projects with your kids. Go on trips with your kids, experiential trips. Work with your kids. Can you bring your kids to work? I'm constantly finding ways to do these things with my kids. Sometimes it's expensive. Sometimes it takes a lot of time. But make sure it's beyond just sports. Sports are good. I believe in sports. But make sure it's not only sports. Because that path could, if that's the only path they've had experiences with you in, it becomes the only place you guys have things to talk about in their older years. You don't want your only relationship to be about sports. You don't want their only experience that they, they send, surround their life around to be about sports. You don't want anything to become an idol. So make sure it's mixed up and things. If you only hunt with your kids, it's too narrow focused. Now, I want to incorporate hunting with my kids because I haven't done that. I wasn't raised hunting. I dearly want to know how to do that, and I don't. We'll be learning that in some time. It's going to be a process. It's going to be expensive because we don't have the things. Um, it's going to be, hopefully, I'm praying for someone to help us, potentially, uh, that we trust that would you know, maybe take us out the first time, that kind of thing. So I'm sure that'll happen. But experiences. So you must reject passivity. Reject your inner passivity in the moment when you feel that you should do something and then you decide not to. You are embracing your passivity. Was it a good thing? Was it a righteous thing? Was it something that needed to be said? And you neglected it. And passivity builds upon passivity. The more passive you are, the easier it is to be passive. The more you reject passivity, you work that muscle the easier it is to reject passivity. And you want to trust God so much you don't fear people, right? You want to trust God so much that there is no fear of what people think of you. Now, you should care what godly people think of you, right? But what I mean here is if, you, if there's something that needs to be said or done that is righteous and right and true, needs to be done in love, but you need to do it without fear of people. Amen?
So let's reject passivity in regards to the education of our kids, the purity of our kids, the peers they spend time with, family around them, spiritual condition, and the experiences we engage with them. I hope this was helpful. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.